You hear their fire crackle. We're getting kindled. We're getting kindled for God. We're going to be on fire for God. The only way to be on fire for God is to see the fire of God. So like Moses on top of the mountain. Let's look at the fire. See the glory of God and let's get complete in it. Let's get kindled. Yo, what up guys? It is episode 2. Season 2 of the podcast. And like I said in the first episode, I'm recording this right after I record the first one. So for me, welcome back. And for y'all, welcome back. We are all right here. Quick reminder of the last episode. Because I'm going to be jumping right off that point. Last episode talked about the dangers of apathy against God. Against Jesus, Jesus. Not caring about Jesus, specifically the gospel, right? The dangers of that for your salvation and for your kindled walk in the everyday. Why is it so dangerous to forget and not care about that, you know, in in, in the internal and in the present? And um, so that was episode one in a very quick summary. Go watch it if you haven't. I think I did excellent job. <laughs> but episode two, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to be talking about what I like to call the table. And I love this idea of the table. If you know anything uh, about, you know, like the Bible and Jesus and all that kind of stuff, um, there's this idea of the table, communion, and stuff like that. I'm not going to be talking about communion. That'll be next episode, maybe, sort of, kind of. I don't know yet. But... The table is, and what I always view is the Father, our Heavenly Father, Jesus, not Jesus, God the Father, the person most noticeable in the Old Testament, right? That's usually the character portrayed, the, the, the part of God portrayed in the Old Testament is the Heavenly Father, the God, the Alpha, the Omega, the I Am, the, the Creator, the El Shaddai, Jireh, those people, that's usually the character the the part of God, I should say, and that's the best way to probably say it, the part of the Trinity I'm talking about, he has a table, and at this table, no one is holy enough to come to it except through Jesus. I'm going to explain that this episode. That's what this is about. What did that statement just mean? So basically, God had a, metaphorically, has a table, a table to seat any number of people, right, grows and shrinks as is, and he opens the door for any, and invites anyone to come in there that can, right, now anyone can come to this table, they can sit and have communion with God himself, talk to God, be in his midst, have good time, have hard conversations, whatever it may be, when you are at a table with someone, it means friendship, it means relationship, it is significant, especially in the Bible, if people are eating, that is significant. If you live in the south of the United States, right, it's significant when you eat with someone. People might not know this, but it implies relationship. Even if they're a stranger, when you invite them in your home and eat with them, it is significant. The table is significant. And that's what I'm going to call this episode more than likely. The table. What is the table? 
why should I care about the table and how does this connect at all to why I should care about Jesus? Well, you should care about the table because one, God is sitting at it, right? If you if you hear background noises, by the way, I'm very sorry. I think they're cooking in my house. No idea. Okay, so this idea, God is sitting at this table, right? And when God is sitting at this table, it is significant because it's God. I don't think there needs to be an explanation. If you can't understand the significance of sitting at a table with the creator of the universe, then we need a private conversation about it because that's a huge point. He's the most interesting, fascinating thing to ever exist with no with no box or limits to him. If you can get to that, to God, the, the most divine, powerful being ever and will ever be, you want to be around that, right? That's 100% what you want. Well, that's what this is about. This is about getting to that table. Why should I care? That's why. Because God's sitting there. Okay, I want to be at the table. How does that connect me caring about Jesus? Some of y'all may see the connection. But and it, the simple connection is you can't come to the table of the Father except through Jesus. Dope. Why did we need Jesus? Okay, we have sins that separate us from the Father. Why do those sins separate us from the Father? And that's the question that trips people. Why, why, why are these sins so separating? If God is all merciful, all loving, why does he care that I messed up? Hmm. And here's the, here's the answer. It goes to the Old Testament. Some people don't think and don't believe and don't know about the prowess of the Old Testament. No, the Old Testament is significant because it shows us one part of God that you can't find in the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, there's a new covenant. Old Testament, you're in the Old Covenant, which was through the commandments, through sheerly works. Now it's through Jesus and faith and belief, which I'll get to more in the next episode. But the Old Covenant, you have to understand the Old Covenant to truly grasp why the New Covenant and Jesus are so significant. So this is more the why it's important that Jesus did it. Not so much the why I should care. Because you got to understand why it's important to understand why you should care about its importance. So, Old Covenant. In the Old Testament... In, the, in Genesis, you see the plan. The plan is, God creates men, mankind I should say, not just men. He creates mankind in his image, in his likeness, right? This is the only creature put on earth that given that description, meaning they are the most similar and most, con- most relational with God. They are the closest and tightest to God, right? Mankind and God. And there is... Through, through, there's a, it's an amazing story. Go read it. But they are split apart through sin. Sin enters this world through the through Lucifer, all sorts of shenanigans there, right? But that happens. So now God is split from His people because His people now live in a sin, and God lives in complete holiness, a holiness that differentiates Him from every other being. If God were to let us into his presence with us still unclean, it would make him like the rest of creation. Because creation was originally clean, and that's why they could be in union. God could be in union with his creation because it was clean. But once it was made dirty, God's not going to dirty himself. God cannot. It goes against his character. It's not because an outside force forces him to be clean. No. 
There is no outside force on God. God's character simply is to be perfect and the most perfect of perfects, right? Our perfect to us is like really good, right? But it's never truly perfection most of the time. But to God, he's the most perfect of perfect, the most beautiful of beautifuls, the most holy of holies, right? When they're singing his praises in, a, in a Isaiah, it's holy, holy, holy. Meaning he is, he's a trifecta of holies. That is the most holy you can be, right? That's what that signifies in the Bible. So, he is so holy and he cannot touch the unclean because his character will not allow it. And to understand that, that's, a, that's once again a whole nother, there's a deeper theology there that is amazing. And But all you need to know is just how holy he is and that he cannot touch the unclean. But once you are unclean, in the Old Covenant, you could not touch God. Proof of this, Ark of the Covenant is being transported by David. After they lost it, they're bringing it back. Well, one, they're not holding the Ark of the Covenant as they should be holding it. Right? They're not holding it the way God ordained it with Moses. I think it was Moses. I think it was. You get, yeah. Yeah. God, Moses, God told Moses to hold it a certain way. Well, years and years later... Mm-hmm. It gets lost. Years after that, David finds it, and they're bringing it back. Him and his men, they're bringing it back. Well, David isn't actually, he's a king, he's not carrying it. And they're not carrying it the proper way. And so it slips. If they'd gone it God's way, it would not have slipped. But it slipped because they held it improperly. And watch what happens. It kills the man who tries to catch it. Now this, this often, this for a long time, it, it, met, it confused me. God, because it says the anger of the Lord lashed out at the man and killed him. The wrath of God unleashed on this man and kills him by a touch of the ark. Not even touching God, but touching God, something God put his presence in, right? This isn't touching like the heavenly God we're thinking about. This is just him touching something God basically poured his spirit over, right? And, and God, and it kills the man. And we look at that, it's like, how can a merciful God kill a man like that for no reason, seemingly? Well, it's because God is clean and holy and all-powerful and all-beautiful. And for him to, in the unclean, if it touches it, it kills it. Because God's character, his presence, simply cannot be touched by the dirty and unclean. And I heard, I read in the book um, by Jackie Hill Perry. And in the book it says... The man mistaken that his hand was cleaner than the ground. And I thought that was so powerful. This is talking spiritual, right? Because literally the hands, the, the, the dirt is dirtier because it's dirt. But spiritually, the ground had not sinned against God, but the man had. Mm. That, that's, that's, that's a, you got to sink that in to just see how unclean you are. You cannot touch God, right? Looking, look at, um, and so you couldn't touch God in the Old Testament because you're unclean, your uncleanliness. You look at, you you look at uh, people who saw God, Isaiah, for example, Paul, for not Paul, uh, Ezekiel, not, was Ezekiel? It was Daniel, Isaiah, Daniel, and these people who who got to, who were righteous men, who were good, upright men before God. They were his prophets. They lived for him, but they were still unclean. When they saw God, it, it literally harmed their bodies. 
right? You you could not see God. You could not touch God. You couldn't be in his midst. Do you know how you know this? Moses was talking to God in a bush, as and, and not even in his like in this holy form that we would imagine. Simply him as a fire in a bush. It said, "Take off your sandals, because you are in a holy place." Right? You literally, you being in the presence of God itself, what literally comes against our humanity. That's how holy he is compared to our uncleanness. Keep that in mind. The, why is Jesus so significant? Because in the Old Testament, you couldn't touch, see, go in the midst of, be in his presence, even really talk to easily. He spoke to you, right? You you didn't oftentimes have the ability to just yell at him or talk to him at free will. It was often at a point in time. You had to do certain things. You had to do rituals. You had to, you had to do so much or he would come to you, right? Oftentimes you see that in Old Testament. They had to build a temple for his presence to come into. They had to put up a tent. They had to do something. But, and, I, and I, once again, Jackie Hill Perry, she really inspired this episode because in one of her, she preached one time and I, I saw I saw a, a, a good clip of it. And she, she was talking about, this around Christmas time, she had this and it, it, it really spoke to me. And it, it ties into this Old Covenant meeting Jesus, how those connect, how this table connects, because in the whole, in the holiness, you could not come to God in your uncleanness at all. I just listed all the ways you couldn't come to God. Those are the most, that's how we come to people, right? You could not do that to come to God. You simply could not reach the table. The table was out of your reach. But Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, comes into, comes into flesh. And you know the first thing? He was seen, touched, spoken to, in the midst of. What? In order to be put in the manger, he had to be touched. He had to be seen by the wise men and the shepherds. Mm. He was definitely spoken to by his parents. Jesus, his simply his birth, nothing in his life, nothing he did, simply his birth changed the game. His birth alone showed that he was on to something new. God was doing a new thing when Jesus was born. Because for the first time ever, right, for the first time People, no, through no rituals, through no, through nothing of the sorts, could come into the presence of God. Right? They could come willingly. The shepherds came willingly. The wise men came willingly. They could come on their own accord to touch God, to see God, to speak God, to be in the presence of God. They could do that. Jesus' birth changed everything simply. By being born. And if you don't see. After what I just explained. Right. I'll put it. I'll put it all together. So I don't even have to. You don't even have to draw conclusions. This is exactly what I'm saying. You want to sit at the table. Because God is sitting at the table. Right. There's no other place you want to be. Than the most powerful. The most beautiful. Most anointed. Most most blessed thing in the creation ever because he created everything. You want to be in the midst of that being no matter who it is, what you believe. You want to be in that midst. And we can't get to that 
because of how dirty we are compared to that most beautiful. And so thus, God gave us Ten Commandments. And those Ten Commandments, as shown through the New Testament, how it was explained to us, is it shows not how to reach God, no. But it shows us how good and how far away God is. That's why Paul says the commandments condemn us, not because God condemns us. No, it condemns us because it shows us just how perfect God is and how we cannot reach it. Thus, the Old Testament reveals how there is a table. Jesus, God is sitting at this table and he cannot be reached by his people that he created to have relationship with. And thus, he sends his son. Jesus, and at his birth, simply there are new things reached, new achievements gained, new points in, in, in history being made simply by his birth. I'm not going to go into what he did because that's next episode. I really want to dive into that in one whole episode, but because it's amazing, the most beautiful thing in Christianity and in the world. And I want to focus on this because I want people to understand that this table and being able to even touch God, touch Jesus at his birth, to see him, to be in his midst, is significant in that it was the start of something fresh and that God had this plan in his, in, in, in his, had this in his plan since the beginning. But furthermore, he had this since Genesis, but also he had it before Jesus died. Because even at his birth, you see new things. And in Genesis, we see what he wants. In the Old Testament, right? In Joel, it talks about that, that he will be in his people. And he will walk around with his people. And he will be our God. And they will be, he, he's saying, I will be their God. And they will be my people. That's what God wants. That's what this table is. This table is it's, it's, it's a metaphorical table. But literally, this is what it's saying. He wants relationship with his people. He wants his people kindled with him. For him. By him. He is the fire they are kindled by. That is what this podcast says. Kindled, right? God wants that. Above anything. He wants his love to be shown to his creation. His most prized creation. Thus, when they are made dirty by Satan, by Lucifer, he immediately starts his journey to make them clean from the beginning, right? And, and he wants a, the evidence of him wanting that reconnection immediately is as soon as he throws Adam and Eve out of the garden, because the garden is a clean place, hence why it was hidden, he immediately clothes them. He, he gives them clothes. Clothe. Clothe? Cloth? Clothes. Clothes. He gives them clothes. <laughs> God. <laughs> he gives them clothes. And then, that shows his grace. He had justice. And by kicking them out of the garden because they couldn't be in the holy place anymore. But he has grace by giving them clothes and gear. 
to, to basically take on the world that they are now in. The wild world they are now in. They now have responsibility for. And God was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, yeah, I'm preparing you. And so that immediately shows he wants them to survive. He wants them to be okay. He wants them and he loves them. And he's immediately going to be on the reconnection of us. And he, by Jesus' birth, you see the reconnection. We can now see. We can now touch. We can now have communion with this man and this God in 100% divine, 100% flesh in Jesus. Just by his birth. He changes everything. We can now, since we can touch Jesus, we can now reach the table. But there's more. Jesus had to do more to complete this, right? In order to complete this idea of reaching God, Jesus had to do more in order to seal it in justice, right? Jesus' birth is 100% grace and love. What he does later, which many of us know, but I'm not going to say because, you know, spoilers for those that don't know. What he does later is the justice being served. But his birth is grace for us to reach the table, for us to be kindled. But that's all for episode two. I hope you enjoyed first apathy, second the table. What is the table? Why should I want to reach it? And why Jesus is important to reaching it? It's to reach our Father and to be kindled for Him. I hope maybe you might have learned something. If you didn't, it's okay because I'm going to keep going. There are three more episodes of this. All love to all of you. I'll see you in the third episode of Season 2. Peace!